Let's pray. Oh Lord, help us to remember that as the apostle wrote, whatever was written in former days was written for our instruction so that by the steadfastness, by steadfastness and by the encouragement of the scripture, we might have hope. Amen. In the very first verse of Romans 5, Paul uses two words that I greet you with every Sunday. Grace and peace. Let's talk, before we read the scripture, we'll talk about that a little bit. Starting with peace. We have peace with God thanks to Jesus, thanks to Christ. We're not in conflict in, with God. Because we're justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we've obtained access to this grace in which we stand. There's a fellow who edited uh, at least a dozen books I have and wrote several more who wrote a, a commentary on, on this. In fact, I was supposed to hear him in the mountains a year or two ago and, and he fell, he had a stroke, he fell, he hurt his head and eventually died. So, so I, didn't, I never got to hear him preach. But I... I get the benefit of his books, and one of the things he has written is that grace. Grace is both amnesty for old sins and the promise of new life. Like peace, grace is a gift from God. Like peace, grace is given and guaranteed in Jesus Christ to all who have faith. What we have, what we have access to is the kindness and the generosity of Almighty God. So with that in mind, let's listen now for God's word for us in the first five verses of the fifth chapter of the book of Romans. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have obtained access to this grace in which we stand, and we boast in our hope of sharing the glory of God. And not only that, we also boast in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. What gives you hope? Lots of times I've been at some church event put on by the young people and people say, oh, the future of the church is strong because of these young people who will, they're, they're leading now and they'll be the leaders of the church tomorrow. I don't know about you, but many, many people find the stories in the news every day depressing, distressing, discouraging. In fact, some of these news programs now end the program every day with a happy story that's uplifting, encouraging, and inspiring. In fact, NBC News calls their feature Inspiring America. After you've heard all about some nation-threatening war, some incurable disease that's spreading, some decline in the economy, 
some research that proves you've been eating the wrong thing and exercising the wrong way all these time. Some news that new technology will lead to even more and more robocalls. Well then, then they'll show you a story about someone helping others or achieving something remarkable despite some awful obstacle. The networks do this because they've got research that tells them that people need hope. Years ago, the, uh, the head of the Governor's Advocacy Council for Persons with Disabilities, don't you know she had a long card? She asked me at lunch one day, well, what's the worst of all disabilities? And she told me that my boss's boss in the agency I work for, Services Blind, told her that blindness was the worst of all disabilities. And she asked me this from her wheelchair with the one hand she could use to operate it. I said, no, the worst of all disabilities is to be without hope. And it is. We usually think of hope as a, a desire for something good we'd like to have happen. I hope they got me a good Father's Day present. <laughs> I'm wearing one of those Father's Day presents. You know, they usually have an argument about what to get Dad for Father's Day, this, that, this, that. It always ends in a tie. <laughs> and I'm glad it does. I enjoy these. Well, we usually think of hope as that, that kind of fond desire, but in the Bible, that's not what hope is. It's not just wanting, longing, desiring something to happen. In the Bible, hope is expecting, anticipating something good that we know, that we know is going to happen. Biblically, hope is the expectation of a favorable future under God's direction. Well, after talking about grace and peace, Paul, Paul mentioned something that's really nothing to brag about, boasting. When we've done something big, achieved something important, something special, it's just human nature. Get a little puffed up, brag or boast. But Paul is not saying that he brags about his accomplishments, his trophies, his awards, Apostle of the Year or whatever. He writes, we boast in the hope of sharing the glory of God. He doesn't boast about what he has done, he boasts about what God has done through Jesus. Then he adds an odd twist to his boasting, saying, and not only that, we also boast in our sufferings. Well, unlike those who preach what is known as the prosperity gospel, Paul does not say, believe and you'll be rich and enjoy the lifestyle of the rich and famous. You see, Paul, he studied that Hebrew Bible that we call the Old Testament. He knew, he knows what the prophet Jeremiah had written about boasting. Thus says the Lord, Jeremiah writes, do not let the wise boast in their wisdom. Do not let the mighty boast in their might. Do not let the wealthy boast in their wealth. But that those who boast, boast in this, that they understand and know me, that I am the Lord. I act with steadfast love, justice, and righteousness in the earth. For in these things I delight, says the Lord. So why does Paul say he's happy to boast about suffering? Well, no, he's not one of those folks who enjoy telling you more of the gory details about their medical problems than you ever wanted to know. 
and then after they took out my gizzard, they 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 went further down in there, and you wouldn't believe what they no. You probably know somebody like that who's very sure that their ailments are worse than yours, and that somehow you're going to benefit from hearing all the details. Well, I think of when my mother was dying of leukemia and in the hospital, a cousin of hers, somebody I had never met before and I've never seen since, well, she came for a long visit. And that long visit, I don't remember her inquiring at all about, Sudi, how you doing? And asking about my mother's situation at all. Because she spent more than an hour telling us every detail of her husband's long illness and his death years before. Well, you know how some people are a blessing when they arrive and others are a blessing when they depart. <laughs> you can guess which kind I thought she was. So no, Paul wasn't bragging about how bad his suffering was. That's not why he speaks of boasting and suffering. He's focused on the consequences. Paul says, Boast, we boast in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance, endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint. Suffering produces endurance, really? I had a, I have a friend who was a psychologist who was horribly injured in an auto accident one morning. He was unable to work for more than a year going through arduous rehab and slow recovery. Well, we went to lunch one day after he had returned to work and he and I were talking about, he were talking about therapists. <laughs> and he said, you know, when I want to know about a therapist, I ask them, what have they suffered? What have they endured? What have they overcome? Well, like Paul, my friend knew that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character well. Earlier I mentioned that late scholar from Yale, uh, preacher Bar David Bartlett, in his commentary on Paul's letter to Romans, Bartlett wrote that character is what characterizes us. That is, character is who we are, not just in a moment, not just in that little bad part that got on YouTube or, or, or that one moment somebody saw you, but over the long haul, who you are, what's typical for you. Hope does not just come from some sort of sunny disposition, you know, blessed with lots of good luck, absence of hardships. Our hope comes from trusting God. Our hope is based on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, as we'll say. So how can we have confidence that hope will not disappoint? Well, he tells us, because God's love has been poured into our hearts of the Holy Spirit. From these first five verses of Romans 5 and elsewhere in Paul's letters, we can see that for Paul, hope is an essential characteristic of a new life in Christ. And fundamental to his concept of hope is the difference between justification, or we talked about in Sunday school, redemption, which is already a present reality. 
and salvation which is to be received in the future. Now later on when Paul was writing, or maybe it was one of Paul's friends was writing to the Hebrews, he referred to hope as a sure and steadfast anchor of the soul. So what gives you hope? We often sing a hymn that speaks, like we'll sing it next week, it speaks of strength for the day and bright hope for tomorrow. And the source of that hope? God's great faithfulness. Thanks be to God. God's Spirit is poured out upon us to make our hearts strong with love and bold with praise so that we may proclaim God's Son, Jesus, right here and now to the ends of the earth. So now may the glory of God fill you with praise. May the beauty of Christ strengthen you in service and the power of the Holy Spirit fill you with peace and hope. Amen.